We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Jake and Joe edition, which will take place again every Tuesday leading up to the actual NFL playoffs. Today's show, we're going to focus on news and notes from recent training camps and preseason contests, but also some of our favorite players that we believe are going to uh, outperform their ADP and get us all set, I guess Jake and I set, for the Stake League auction, which is going to take place in a few hours. So everyone, stick around. Welcome to the Tuesday, uh, boy, it's crazy, August 23rd. I'm like, it's just, yeah. not saying anything about where we're at right now in the in the month. We've it's done August, it a month, uh, right? We've Four shows, done it about a month. Exactly, yeah. The August 23rd edition of the Broadway NFL Podcast brought to you by Dynasty Owner. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports on Twitter. And as always, alongside me is Jake Lutarski. Before we get underway discussing all the news and notes and the uh, stake league preparation and our ADP favorite guys that are going to be exceeding the ADP, I should say. Let's get a word from the sponsors, Dynasty Owner. Do you love fantasy sports? Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries adding to the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience. I'll test your skills as an owner and general manager. You'll have complete control over your team's future. You can build the draft, make trades, sign for agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at dynastyowner.com. Use promo code ROTO5. That's R-O-T-O-5 to receive $5 off any new team. Jake, you've been doing this podcast now for a number of weeks with me. Who is the expert league dynasty owner champion? I believe that is me. Wrong. No, it's me. No, you're... you're <laughs> oh, we're ta- oh, you said expert league. Expert league. That term gets thrown around. I'm talking staff. Staff. We, and even technically then it's benzene. I'll give you that. But, hey, but taking uh, in the first two and three years is... Uh, I'm going to say it's me, but on Di- Dynasty owner, yes, our our Joe, are Joe just is the, the uh, is the me. is the fan is the Somehow expert we're already jumping ahead to yes. being selfish and discussing his <laughs> Dynasty League like we do every week. That's like ten minutes down the road. Jim. Similar to my Stake League Dynasty of eating five out of the last six years, making all you schmucks pay for me, yeah, which I, we're going to continue this uh, year. I discussed Harry uh, Thompson, our our Wiz Tech guy from a couple of years <laughs> now, being the two time winner. You are on a bit of a streak yourself with the 
five eaters in the last six years. I will change that this season. This is this is the mm-hmm. year I've been a little bit inconsistent. I think of the three past three seasons, I've mm-hmm. been a buyer in two of them. Yeah. We're changing it this year. Hey, right? I'm, it's I'm not it's not a zero sum game here. We can both be eaters and make everybody no, over I'm on that side of the wall. Everybody <laughs> over on that side of the wall. Now after uh after we go over each other's targets, we're definitely going to cannibalize each other throughout the entirety of this auction, aka sell recap draft here that we have going on here. But uh so yeah today we're going to get going. My mic's working. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I've got, uh, we've got some slight bit of uh, camp news and notes, and then we're going to be, we, we got nine targets. Alan advertised nine players that we're going to go through, and it's nine guys that uh, we look for. Uh, I did a personal analysis of my portfolio. That's only about halfway complete right now, but I did a personal analysis. Joe did the same. We, I looked at guys. I found a few common threads, guys that I think have the potential to way, way outperform their ADP uh, where they're being drafted at right now. We'll use NFFC ADP when applicable. Uh, you know, our partners over there, they're a great site as well. And I think it's the best ADP data uh, as far as, you know, you're getting it from high stakes leagues. You're getting people that are putting a significant sum of money in there. Significant to some, I guess we can say. Um a significant amount of money in there and uh, are making decisions based on that. I think it's the most reliable. Again, don't ever be a slave to ADP, but it's helpful just to kind of see where you're at in these drafts here. So we both got a ton of targets to go by, but uh, any news worth uh, jumping into, Joe? Yeah, Tom Brady evidently is not on the mass Singer. I do not believe him for a second. I, mm-hmm. I fully have bought into that conspiracy theory. I'm not sure if the listeners have been aware of what's going on. Tom Brady obviously has missed the past what, week and a half yep. of practice. It was Personal reasons. Yeah, it was evidently a scheduled time off. The team was aware of it. But the fact that we had like very little data or idea of when this was going to happen led some users on Reddit to believe that Tom Brady, in fact, had been participating in the Mass Singer. And it made sense because the uh, training camp dates that he was missing aligned with when the Mass Singer had their televised audience there. Uh, Tom Brady squashed that, evidently, that he said he actually wasn't on there. I still don't believe you, Tom. I, I think, in mm-hmm. fact, you are going to be the, the purple leopard or whatever you are. Listen, hey, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the Masked Singer. I, I don't watch it personally, but like, what do you get personally for guessing it right? Uh, for get, guessing the person who's actually singing it? Yeah, the, what, what does the viewer get for guessing it right? Uh, the, 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 the kudos of the entire nation. Oh, the, like the bra- it's like a bragging rights thing? Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right. There's it's, no there's no like fantasy mass singer or mass singer pools. I mean, there probably could be. There probably should be, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. for me, it's just the the hope that you can turn off Terry Bradshaw singing because he actually was on the mass singer <laughs> at one point, so you can just know you can turn it off early. That's, so was former good. brewer great Eric Thames. But really, I he was in uh, he was in the Korean version of oh, it though. Okay, That's why okay. he became such a superstar in Korea and with the KBO. <laughs> and of course, uh, any Brewers fan know his theme song. But let's let's get it back on track. Tom Brady's back. Yeah. Um. You know, whatever for me uh, from a fantasy standpoint, he's someone at forty five, and they're like. 30th NFL season can go ahead and take that time and be just fine. Uh, you know, the, the concern with the Bucks, if it's even a concern at this point, is that every wide receiver on that depth chart seems to have a questionable tag, uh, including Chris, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. Um, however, Mike Evans did come back to practice on uh, on Monday, which or yesterday. So he had been dealing with uh, what appears to be a hamstring injury, and uh, he's now back and good to go. Uh, good news for the Evans shares. I think I have one, and, uh, you know, the Brady-Evans stack is, is still very much in play if you're looking for uh you know kind of a later round quarterback here i think people have um stopped trying to bet on the downfall of tom brady they figure that he'll figure it out one way or another and uh you know it makes him a top 
10 quarterback in terms of ADP if we're going since August 1st. The funny part is if you take ADP over the last three weeks, essentially Tom Brady is ahead of Trey Lance, who is essentially half his age. That's just a fun a fun little fact there. But uh, there's your Brady news. We've got some more quarterback news, though, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter to me that Brady's out of this one or that he returned or was out. I just want to say that. And, and Chris mm-hmm. Godwin was a guy that I liked a lot in the fifth or sixth round. I, I will continue to make that choice. I had just missed him in my uh, beat Joe Bartle NFFC draft. That was uh, the pits, but I'm hoping to get more Godwin today. Mm-hmm. The spoiler for the stake league auction. Yes, we do have a bit more quarterback news. Baker Mayfield has officially been announced as the starting quarterback for the Panthers. Uh, really no surprise there. It had been hinted for the last two weeks that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Also not a surprise because Sam Darnold's not very good. Uh, and I'm not sure Baker Mayfield is either, but when it's a competition between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, there probably should be a pretty clear and obvious winner. I'm glad the Panthers came to that conclusion. I'd be a little bit worried otherwise. No, this does not change my opinion on DJ Moore, who I've, I probably will not be drafting at all. And it's fine. Like I, I, I get the people who are saying, hey, 90-plus catches, 1,000 yards, it's guaranteed. Yeah. Fine. I just don't like that in the mid to late second round, which mm-hmm. is where his current ADP is going. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm exactly with you. I think this is this is good for DJ Moore, right? It has to be a positive thing. But also, I still think his ADP is too high, and I'm I'm only going to take him if he slips significantly. Yeah. Uh, you know, think about other guys. We loved Terrace Marshall last year. That was one of our patron mm-hmm. saints of the Tuesday program. I'm not yep. sure that really bumps him up significantly. Same with Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. This is to me. Yeah. Marshall's not even getting taken in 12 team redrafts right now, and and rightfully so. He's holding up a roster spot on my Stellar Dynasty League team in case he he comes back around here eventually. But uh, I got to see something first. I haven't seen nothing. Yeah. yeah, It's it's just CMC and DJ Moore, and and I'm not interested in anybody else, whether or not Baker was the starter or not. So fine. Not a real big Tommy Tremble guy? Uh, No. I think we talked about him a little bit last last year. And um, I I think in deeper leagues, I did roster him for a bit and realized that was pointless. (laughs) Two tight end leagues only, right? Just like Baker is relevant in two quarterback (laughs) leagues only at this point. Except once again, like we've probably discussed on this show in the past, this is the waiver wire show. He's going to have some nice matchups here sooner or later against some bad defenses in that division or some teams that are left play catch up against there. There'll be times where he'll be streamable, but uh, usually not someone you need to be taking as your second quarterback in a draft. Agreed. Uh, we had a bit of training camp news in the in relation to the guys that aren't playing to start the mm-hmm. season. So we had Chase Young, not that it matters for fantasy purposes, uh, placed in the pop list out for the next four weeks for the commanders. Mm-hmm. Jamison Williams, rookie draft pick for the Lions, also placed in the pop list. Uh, he will be out for the next four games. This was not a surprise at all. In fact, when the Lions mm-hmm. drafted Williams, it seemed to be with the assumption he was not going to play to start the year. In fact, I'm he, still thinking he's going to miss more time yeah, than just I, those first four I games. wouldn't be surprised if it's a redshirt year, and that would be enough for me to stay back in best ball. You know, Maybe he's a guy that week 12, if uh, somebody else on the depth chart gets hurt, he gets popped up on our waiver wire thing. But there's uh, not much interest here for best ball. Tiny bit of interest in dynasty if you're, if you're playing for the future. Yeah, that's one of those guys that if you are doing a pretty sharp and competitive league, but one person is absent or just getting – auto-drafted, they will almost assuredly get Jamison Williams because his mm-hmm. ADP matches exactly zero to where he, he should be going. I would not be drafting him at all. Uh, and for people that want to wait four or five weeks, great. More power to you. And keeper dynasty leagues, it's, it's different. But right now, uh, when it comes to regular season or redraft formats, no way I'm taking Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. There is a bit of actionable news from this past week, and it was, uh, yes. I think it was Saturday's preseason game with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Spiller, rookie fourth-round pick, who many speculated, including myself, to be that guy that takes away some of the carries for Austin Eckler. 
uh, injured his groin. He's going to be listed as week to week. That's mm-hmm. not that's ideal. not a good sign Obviously, when we're two weeks away from the season. <laughs> he already was being outplayed uh, for that number two role by Josh mm-hmm. McKelly, yeah. who languished as a backup running back. The amount of reps that awesome. he was seeing in the preseason was already discouraging, mm-hmm. right? So, if you're if you're playing that many reps in the preseason, not a good sign typically. And uh, I, I, want, I put this on here because I wanted to get your Chargers take here. Um, you know, Jackson's out of the mix here. You know, it's Kelly and Roundtree now are, are the two and three guys. Uh, we'll see if Kevin Marks or Letty Brown get roster spots. No. Seemingly unlikely, um, you know, practice squad at best here. So, I mean, when it all comes down to it here, I know, you know, Austin Eckler at times has had his workload maybe monitored a little bit and they want to spell him some. Um, I mean, is Josh Kelly just going to get a couple carries or, you know, Coaches always say they want to save their guys, but then games come and you have to win these games, right? Is Austin Eckler, does this help his value um, any any bit for you at all? Uh, because there's less of a viable backup or less of a you know a young, talented guy they can give give these carries to? Yeah, so in full-point PPR formats, Austin Eckler is going for 5-6 range, and I think rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some concerns with a guy that's small that maybe he can't hold up, and I think last year Eckler himself said that. In fact, I think of the four or five final games, he was a uh, game time decision in three of them. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. toll on his body really did add up. Now, can he do that two consecutive seasons? No. I think the Chargers uh, appropriately invested in Isaiah Spiller with the assumption he'd be the one that takes the workload. I- I'm going to steal my answer on the Isaiah Spiller question from Mario Puig's. We did the show Friday, and, mm-hmm. and we were already seeing Spiller losing time to Kelly, and this is before the injury even occurred. Uh, Mario had correctly identified, I think, or at least made a good, a, a good point to bring up that Kelly already knows the answers to the test because he's been doing this now for three years or two years. Like he knows what the coaching staff wants to see. Mm-hmm. He, he's able to do the the different runs and, and identify what plays they're trying to do. Like, again, he has the answers to the test yep. already. So, of course, he's going to look better in a simulated practice environment, which is trying to make Joshua Kelly be a backup running back or anybody. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're looking for the guy that fits what they're trying to do. Kelly knows that. Isaiah Absolutely. Spiller is a rookie, does not. From a talent perspective, Isaiah Spiller is the best backup for the Chargers. Yep. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not drafting him in the 10th round right now if he's going to be missing a Yeah, game. absolutely not. So here's a here's a dilemma regarding Eckler here that, that came up in one of my friends' leagues that was asking me for advice. It's kind of a, a format that you don't see all that often anymore. It's a 12-team redraft. It starts full, it's full PPR, mm-hmm. and it starts two running backs and only two wide receivers and a flex. So when I, whenever I see these leagues that start only two wide receivers, I'm immediately saying you need to get your running backs even more. I emphasize that even more because one, it's only two wide receivers. You'll find guys and two, you can easily cycle out those roster spots with the waiver wire. So anyway, if you agree with me on that, my friend had the third pick in a draft that of course started out Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, third pick, Justin Jefferson still every time. See every time. I'm, I'm not taking – I'm taking Jonathan Taylor 1-1. But if mm-hmm. you did take Justin Jefferson 1-1, I get it. I completely understand. There's nobody safer who I still think has a ceiling they can hit than Justin Jefferson, and that's mm-hmm. including Jonathan Taylor, who, again, is my, my best running back. No no way. I'm taking Justin Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I guess the one variable I should say is we were up in Packer country, but we ended up to, we ended up deciding on Eckler to, one, get that running back, and two, get that PPR. Now, if it were me – I personally think Derrick Henry's my RB two, no matter what, which we'll get back to. Uh, we'll get back to later on uh, a bit. But do you think in PPR Eckler is RB three, or do we put mm-hmm. Delvin Cook ahead of him? Because I think that's the only one that really makes a case. I guess I would be willing to bet Eckler does not play seventeen games this season. I don't think he can play sixteen. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, and I, I'm feeling that way, no, I don't think he'd be RB three. But I mean, on a per game basis, 
there's still opportunity. And this is a guy that had 20 touchdowns. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like Eckler's really good in the red zone. I think they'll use him similarly in that capacity because Larry Rontree yep. has not been it, and that's the only value they have mm-hmm. is short yard situations for him. So, yeah. no, I, I'm still taking Jefferson. It ended up being a very nice draft, though. They started Eckler and was able to get Aaron Jones on the way back, all the way oh, back. That, see, that's, so that's, to get I that, that, to get that one-two start here in a league that only starts two wide receivers to have, you know, you're – you're, you have the depth that running back needed just in case something happens, you know, with Eckler for that week or two extra beyond his buy that he's out. You talked about Aaron Jones on the way back. Shout out to Alan Slavowski who finished his uh, – or one of the NFFC drafts he did earlier today. I think Chris Liss was in that one too. He had Justin Jefferson 1.3, which is my perfect start. I just mentioned that. Aaron Jones all the way back in the second round. I took Aaron Jones uh, at pick 14 overall and still was fine with it in my NFC. And then got Mark Andrews somehow to fall to him in the third round too. There is literally no better way to start a draft than having those three selections work out for you mm-hmm. in that favor. Credit to Allen on his draft, and I think he's already won that league. I said on Twitter too, but you can see the full draft. Yeah, uh, He doesn't seem as confident as you, but you know, uh, I guess we'll see. He has to. He has to He has to try to not have that yep. confidence. If you want to jinx exactly. thing, I, I'm doing it for him. You need to make sure you hate your team, and then you'll be <laughs> yes. and then you'll be in the best possible scenario. Yep. Okay, I got you. Uh, KJ Hamler returned to practice Monday for the Broncos. Obviously, it's important because Tim Patrick out for the season with that ACL tear. Um, I think KJ Hamler is a really popular later round target. You can't even say last round anymore because he's mm-hmm. going in rounds 12 through 14 on best ball formats. Yeah. I think KJ Hamler and best ball makes more sense to me uh, as opposed to redraft. But do, do you feel like that's a dollar days candidate for auction league tonight or mm-hmm. today? I should say, do you, do you want to go that direction, Jake? Yeah, we'll throw him out there. I mean, I, I think uh, he was out there in round 16 in the latest underdog best ball I did. So uh, maybe the price isn't crazy because people do, they, they do get the sense that, uh, you know, you normally, the year after the major injury isn't really typically the breakout year for most of these people, especially young players like this. So I think next year we'll be uh, we'll be discussing KJ Hamler a little bit more in depth. Maybe he finishes strong at the end of this year and uh, you know starts to really go nuts. But yeah, we'll see. And um, you know, like, like you said, Nicole Hardman, he's back. Mike Evans is back. Terrace Marshall is back. If there was any, you know, at least with those, at least with Evans and you know Hamler at his status, if there's any doubt about drafting those guys, um, you know, or, or, or maybe docking them a little bit in the rankings. I think that's been erased. Um, am I reading this correctly? Kenyon Drake was officially cut. Is that actually correct? I believe. Um, well, I, I know yesterday he had reported that he was going to be cut. And the thought was with Kenyon Drake saying that they're looking to get a trade, but a team would have to acquire essentially 11 million. I am looking at the Raiders depth chart on the rotowire.com site right now. We list Josh Jacobs, number one, Zamir White, number two. Amir Abdullah, number three, Brandon Bolden, number four, followed by a bunch of other guys that are getting so cut. Oh, no Kenyon Drake in there. So I believe Kenyon Drake has officially been cut. So and, that's, um, that's an interesting one for me. I had said, boy, three months ago, someone had asked, who's going to be the starting running back for the Falcons? And I said, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's on the roster yet. Now, Cordell Patterson's going to be there, and I think he is by default the the candidate for that. But a Kenyon Drake in that capacity, or let's say the Browns end up trading Kareem Hunt, who had requested to be traded a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. Kenyon Drake's an interesting name who I don't know if he's super talented, but he can do running and passing stuff enough where, okay, a, a team will certainly take a chance. He will be on a roster. Is he worth being on your fantasy roster? My say is no, but we need to actually see what situation yeah, he yeah. falls into. Yeah, I mean, if you're waiting till the Monday of Labor Day weekend to have a draft Labor Day itself and he's signed and it, the circumstances are favorable, maybe you take him in the last round, but for now he can be safely ignored. I like that this comment here in the document says, damn, Kyle Pitts looks like a stud wide receiver. Yes, Jake, I have. You, we talk <laughs> yep. about people I wanted to give you a chance to rostered, reaffirm. <laughs> roster, uh, ro- roster across our leagues right now, I think Kyle Pitts is probably at a 75 or 80% roster mm-hmm. rate for me. 
in the redraft leagues in just about to reiterate uh, automatic third round Kyle Pitts automatic third round I, I we're not getting to the point where I'm taking him second round yep. but but I did that with him in a best ball yesterday and I was yeah. very happy with that I, I, I can think, get by I with think that he's rule like wide receiver 12 like if you but mm-hmm. he's tight end you get him for a tight end like wide receiver 12. yeah well my, I mean you asked what changed since last week he actually played in the preseason game he lined up not on the line of scrimmage line up split out burned the defensive back caught the pass for a 50 or 52 yard gain something like that um it's amazing that you can start him at tight end is is essentially what the consensus in the fantasy community is and i definitely see that um i don't know how we can keep him tight end eligibility in the next year if he's going to keep doing that can be quarterback that's why yeah okay fair enough um but i just wanted to give us one last chance to uh you know to mention Kyle Pitts, automatic third round Kyle Pitts. Before we uh, discuss the targets that we, the players that we believe are going to be overshooting their ADP currently, Jay Red actually has a question, Jake, for you. And I know you can't read them, so I'll read them off to you here. Uh, he's in a 10 team PPR league, which is keepers. He has two wide receivers and two running backs as his starting lineups, just what you talked about before. Mm-hmm. He kept Leonard Fournette for ninth round pick, obviously great value. Yeah, definitely. Because he kept Leonard Fournette, should he still take two running backs? I think you had him scared now because he should go running back heavy in his draft. Um, I, I would say one pick in your first three rounds should be your RB2. Solidify that. Um, definitely so one pick. It's not even going three running backs. You're just saying. You could go. I mean, you could go three running backs. It's safe. But uh, again, you have to read the room. Right, I, I would make exactly just because you kept one running back doesn't mean you automatically go wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback. You know, you definitely need one more running back minimum. But on top of that, it's read the room. If there's another good running back value, go for it. And if uh, you know you see uh, you know to get if you have a locked in every week start wide receiver one and then can stream the wide receiver two. Uh, you know, you still take the wide receiver one if you can get Kyle Pitts early. You know, if you can get Mark Andrews early, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, absolutely. Uh, but there's no there's no firm rule after that. Definitely get one and then just kind of see where the value is. Jay's a longtime listener of the show, so I know he already knows this. But for everyone out there just new to it or clicking on for the first time, uh, I, I, Jake and I, neither of us will ever tell you you must do something every like every round. That's, that, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning of the draft, you have to be flexible with what the rest of the board is giving you. If a, a Travis Etienne in the full point PPR format falls back to you in the second round, Maybe you consider that. There's your extra running back. Or you have an Aaron mm-hmm. Jones, who I love. Or a Derrick Henry a later in the first round ends up being there, who Jake loves. You have to make those picks and give you what the board is. Derrick Henry no at like 8-9 overall is just my fantasy wet dream. I, yes. I would be glorified. Glory. I'm you can, so happy you with You can that. have that 8-9 pick every single time. I, I despise it, and we've talked mm-hmm. about that before. I despise that whole round because I don't like Derrick Henry as much. But we are going to get to that uh, and more of our favorite guys that are going to exceed their ADPs currently. Before we do that, though, let's get a word from our sponsors from Blue Wire. Obviously, the video audience, stick around for just a second here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, we are back. And again, main focus for today, I'll be discussing the different ADP guys that we like that are at least going to exceed it. Now, I cheated with a few of my answers, Jake, which is pretty apropos mm-hmm. for me. Like, I like to be a little bit outside the box thinking with a few of these questions. And you were very narrow in your thought process with these players. Mm-hmm. Uh, a quarterback in particular, I thought, fits this definition to a T. But let's first discuss Derrick Henry briefly because you've talked about yeah. him a number of times. Yeah, I mean, they tell the listeners why you like Derrick Henry. Yeah, position. okay. Yeah, so I don't want to go to this at length because anyone that's been listening to me uh, knows that I love Derrick Henry. I love him almost enough to be my personal RB2. Uh, and, you know, he is our RB2 when we get to non-PPR formats here. If you're still playing the old school zero PPR, he's definitely no doubt a top three, I'll say. But um, I don't know. People, I think they prematurely are, are are calling for his downfall. I think that he's only 28 years old, which is maybe a little old in running back years. But remember, he got pretty much half of the season last year to rest from his foot injury. And he came back for the playoffs. Yes, he did not look great in the playoffs. But the fact that team doctors and the team in general was even willing to let him back, he gets the eight weeks to heal back for the playoffs gets then another full off season to heal the fact that he's coming off of a year um you know freak athlete freak body um just just a very very strong runner was the fantasy mvp for back-to-back years and was well on track to be the fantasy mvp last year here i don't expect the injury uh to slow him down significantly i expect him to come back and we'll be talking about him being the number one or overall two or number one or two overall pick in fantasy next year so there's my quick derrick henry rant i'm we're going to call him number nine in our players the target if the graph it comes up nine because I don't want to go into this at length. I love Derrick Henry. Other people aren't quite uh, on the same board, but he is one of my highest exposure guys already. And he's somebody that I'm going to continue to comfortably take, especially when you get him at the back half of drafts. I mean, I took him as high as five overall in a PPR league this uh, summer. And I think that pretty much shows you, you know, where I'm at with that. Again, you know, people will look at this title and be like, oh, guys, overshooting their ADP. And 
you'll think sleepers right away. And, that, and that's not that's not what this podcast and what this show is going to be about, mm-hmm. because sleepers are later round candidates, especially, I think, like past 12, round 12, who could do really well. It's not what we're going for, which yep. is why Derrick Henry fits into this category. Yeah, and the idea is Derrick Henry's, uh, you know, ADP number eight in the NFFC since the start of August, and he's my four or five player. So, yes, he's going to outshoot the ADP for me. I'm going to throw in uh, pick eight. I guess we're going to be going down through this order of guys we like, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not on the order on the sheet. Sorry, Jake. I, I know that would be great if I figured you, that out. You know what? Just hit me. Let, uh, let's go. I, I like Rashad White quite a bit. Now, I think with his ADP, he's normally going around 11 through 13. It depends on which format, and I'll specify specifically in full point PPR leagues. I think Rashad White, the running back for the Buccaneers, rookie running back, is the play to go with. Now, I discussed this on uh, one of the, the YouTube videos we have right now on the Rotoware channel at Allen and I did together of the eight uh, later round running backs. Uh, Rashad White's one of those guys I'm looking at. It's literally as simple as this. This is a pass catching running back for the Buccaneers. I know Leonard Fournette can do that, and he certainly did it last year, but it was by necessity because Ronald Jones was the next best guy, and Giovanni Bernard, who I don't even think is in the league anymore, was the backup to that. He's technically listed on the Bucs step chart, fourth overall, Fine. injured. Yeah, okay. So, Still around. <laughs> yeah, he's like, technically technically running. I, I we'll see if he makes the team. I think Rashad White um, is going to be going to fill in really adequately as the pass catcher. And even though he doesn't have uh, as much chemistry with Tom Brady, Mr. Purple Leopard himself, the mass singer, I do think Rashad White's going to be an impactful guy that you're drafting as your fifth or sixth running back. He won't be a guy that I'd recommend as your first cut, but that offense is predicated on finding the right passing target every single time. And I think White is explosive enough twitchy right that's the, that's the <laughs> the word we use too often uh to generalize somebody i think he's a twitchy athlete especially at the backfield mm-hmm. so i love him uh given his current adp among running backs yep and he was targeted in college at arizona state 50 times in uh just 11 games here caught 43 of those passes getting over 10 yards per catch so uh he's been very very productive at the college level we'll see if that can translate here if anybody's going to uh you know we'll see if he'll be tom brady's james white you know, yeah. uh, something like that. that. And, uh, and, you know, and, and it, even if he is, you know, right away during his rookie season, that makes him a startable player, even when Leonard Fournette is fully healthy and ready to go. We, we had a, a listener bring up that pass protection might be a problem for Rashad White. If you have a Ferrari, you don't keep it in the garage. I, I think <laughs> like, you're not going to just be like, Hey, really good uh, pass runner out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead. And block and, hey, bit. If this was the Patriots, then yes. Pass right. protection, he would stay on the inactive list for the first six six weeks. But I think, uh, you know, they have just a little bit different way of doing things here in Tampa, and uh, he'll find a way to get his shot. You know, fair enough. You know, pass protection could be an issue that might limit his snaps. But, uh, I, you know, Rashad White wasn't a guy that I had been particularly targeting. He's a guy that if he fell below his ADP, I'd be interested. But I can definitely see where you're coming from here, Joe. Who's your uh, next guy? Again, we're, I guess we're going like least to I'm, I'm gonna most go, valued. I'm going to go – I'll just keep on the running back trend because we're talking about running backs. And this is another um, running back that has inexplicably fallen to – Outside, late second, early third round. And I just, I, I need your help, Joe, helping me understand this. Nick Chubb, as it currently stands over the last 23 days, is 25 in NFFC ADP. And I guess I understand he doesn't catch as many passes as the counterpart in the team. Um, but I, and it's so, and NFFC is a PPR format. Mm-hmm. But third That's round, funny. man, third round, uh, 
for for Nick Chubb, it just seems uh, crazy to me. He's never been the most flashy fantasy guy, but I love getting him in stake league. I think I've got him in stake league maybe two of the last three years because he's somebody that people don't quite pay a crazy amount for. I get him for around 40 bucks, and he's consistent enough for me the entire year. Almost very close to having four consecutive 1,000-yard, eight-touchdown seasons, and he's only missed seven games over those four seasons. So, yeah, he's missed some time with injuries, but consistent enough. I expect his volume to be safe with Kareem Hunt, you know, that whole situation holding in, whatever you want to call it. If they trade Kareem Hunt and, you know, maybe they get another guy to fill this role. But I think that means that Nick Chubb is going to get uh, plenty of work. And yes, they've got some quarterback woes and they're losing J.C. Trotter, their center. Rotowire still ranks the Browns as the number four overall offensive line. I don't agree with that, by the way. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're that good. I, I, yeah, I have I have questions with a lot of the offensive mm-hmm. line ratings, which is fine. Mm-hmm. So a part of it is Jack Conklin's back at right tackle after missing last year. So they lose a guy, they gain a guy. The unit is still largely pretty cohesive. And as you see how our Packers have done, they've been able to replace centers like yeah. JC Treader, you know, great center, but you know, also a seemingly replaceable position on the offense. I'm I shouldn't saying, talk I can, shouldn't talk junk about center. That's my position. You can but. pick you can pick apart every offensive line. So is the fourth offensive line that much better than the fourteenth one? That's that's more or less my thought. They're a good mm-hmm. offensive line, not great. I think fair good. enough, and that's that's sort of where it, I it's not a bad offensive line, which Bingo. is yeah. which is a, mm-hmm. good enough for a bullet point on my list here. And you know, if I go back to twenty twenty one, the advanced stats seem to like Chubb a lot. Number six in broken tackle rank. I, I, I filtered these to players with one hundred fifty attempts to get these guys. Yeah. You know, so so number six in broken tackle rate, number five in positive rush rate, number three in yards after contact here. So it's uh, you know the test works the advanced metrics works the team situation and uh role for me seems to work so for him he's down in round three at uh 25 overall i think this is the player in the third round now i guess you know, very tough definition uh, loose definition of third round but if you told me pick one third rounder that is going to return first round value for you uh it's nick chubb i prefer nick chubb to leonard fournette i prefer him to uh javante williams and it gets really really close with aaron jones i'm still taking aaron jones but uh you know if i didn't have that slight bit of packer bias in me i could easily see me taking chubb i think he's being undervalued and this is targets the whole show is targets to outperform their adp um i think chubb has just as good of anyone to be back in the conversation to be at that turn in um you know in 2023 and say say you're taking five overall and you start with cooper cup or justin jefferson if uh nick chubb's coming back to me and aaron jones isn't on the board i think that's where i'm taking chubb for sure uh because i don't trust him to get back to me at all and he shouldn't get back to you at all if guys know what they're doing yeah and that's this is the important clarification with the adp we're using with the nffc again kind of partner with us Full point PPR format. If you're playing on ESPN or Yahoo and you're in a half point or even standard setting, I bet you Nick Chubb is an early second, mid-round, second caliber player. It all depends on the ADP you're using. I have no idea what my mm-hmm. fantasy league, which is a popular one that we use um, mm-hmm. among the experts where Nick I Chubb I believe Fantrax has some good uh, some good non-PPR ADP too. I'm going to double okay. check that actually right yeah. now. So, I mean, that, that's that's the qualification for me is that, hey, in a full point PPR format, I will take Leonard Fournette over Nick Chubb. Do I think Nick Chubb is a worse player than Fournette? Absolutely not. I think Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the entire league. But we are talking about a, a offense that, okay, they might have a good offensive line, but they have Jacoby Brissett as of right now playing quarterback. We saw how bad that was for the Dolphins at times last season. And even if you are one of the best running backs in the league, I think there's going to be a situation where in that AFC North division, you're bottling up that type of offense mm-hmm. with Brissett as your quarterback. That's my biggest concern. Okay, fair enough. Job. And yep. why, I, I mean, he still can, and especially in a standard setting, I, I will gladly take him where he's saying in a full point, 
no I'll, yeah I'll if i'm looking at fan tracks he's uh 17 overall so that's actually quite the disparity and that's about right where i put him here and yeah yeah the quarterback has some has some has some worries i, I can give you that argument that's the biggest knock you know if i ask explain to me why he's 25 there is your explanation right there so that's the biggest knock on someone like nick chubb but uh i'm still going to try to scoop him up today i think he he brings a, a certain amount of safety and a certain amount of floor and uh with a, some potential for some pretty big games and uh, I, you know, I re- I really like the guy, so I'm I'm just gonna roll with it. And who knows? Maybe they end up trading for Gardner Minshew. We'll see. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. The I saw I saw some kind of uh, I saw some kind of graphic about a proposed Gardner Minshew Minshew trade that involved Kareem Hunt, and I'm like, huh, well that could be fun. Maybe they upgrade, or who knows? Maybe Brissett somehow gets better. You know, we'll see. Okay, all right. You uh, know, a relentless optimism to support my point, I guess. But so so I mean, yeah. In summary, that's the story. Nick Chubb has a million things in the pros column working for him, and there's the one thing in the cons column that's uh, that's quarterback play, and that's enough to shoot his ADP from like 12 to 25 this year. So I don't know. You tell me if you agree with that or not. Fantasy is about making your own decision. You, you just got all the facts, so so what do you think? I know I'm going to be nominating Nick Chubb right away. That's what I'm going to be saying in our stake league. Right on. I'm nominating Pitts right away. I'll let you guys fight over I, him. I'll probably have to pass. <laughs> That'll be the only redraft I don't get him in. Somebody's yeah. Well, I, I don't, is Mario in our auction? No, I, yeah, I saw – yeah, I saw you got – you got replaced by Nick. So, uh, all right. Anyway. Uh, next up on the list is a guy named Rondell Moore, wide receiver for the Cardinals. Uh, I, this is where I'm cheating, to be honest. Again, the idea is which player is going to exceed their average draft position. At least Rondell Moore right now is going about the ninth or 10th round uh, in NFFC full point PPR formats. If you said, Joe, today, Rondell Moore will exceed that, I would be very hesitant. I'm not sure I would agree with you. But in the first six weeks of the season, Rondell Moore is going to be a guy that you're starting in your lineups. Just about every time I used Christian Kirk to the same extent last year as a flex or wide receiver three. And I think that's exactly where Rondell Moore fits as we wait out DeAndre Hopkins' suspension. I'm not convinced Marquise Brown is going to be healthy either this year. He missed a decent portion of the preseason with that hamstring injury. He's had issues with that in the past. And I know the Cardinals offense overall is inconsistent. In fact, we're going to do our over under show next week, whether or not we think the Cardinals are going to have or any team right uh, Mm -hmm. over their wins or whatever. Right. Same concept. I I will take the under on the Cardinals just but every time. I, I don't think they are a good football team. This is Cliff Kingsbury. They're going to pass the ball. Inefficiently, yes. Very badly, yes. But they will pass the ball plenty. The Cardinals' defense got significantly worse this year, too. So by default, that's going to put the offense on the field more. And we saw how good Christian Kirk could be in that offense uh, last year. And that's kind of by default. If you think A.J. Green, Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, Moore is going to be the guy that runs those slot vertical threats uh, I like Rondell Moore quite a bit for his current price uh, for the first six weeks. Who knows? You could even trade him if he ends up popping off pretty big and be able to reap the rewards if DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. does come back and looks like himself. I, I think there's a lot of scenarios where Rondell Moore far exceeds far exceed his value within the first six weeks. Yeah, Rondell Moore is interesting for me. So uh, he's a guy that I haven't been specifically targeting because I disagree with, I mean, Marquise Brown is a hundred percent right now, no injury tag, maybe something happens and, you know, fair, fair enough. Uh, you know, Deandre Hopkins is missing the first six games. Uh, we have AJ green ahead of Rondell Moore on the depth chart. I think that's wrong. Rondell Moore should be number three uh, and he'll get used in creative rushing situations too, which is what I like. But the only place I have Rondell Moore so far is a 14 team serious XM invitational in which uh, I ended up drafting Kyler Murray. I got him maybe in like the sixth round, fifth or sixth round of a 14 teamer and i thought that was uh 
I thought that was pretty juicy given the depth of the league here and, and the fact that, you know, with 14 teams, there's a little bit more of a tier difference and you want to get that high score. So, um, and I took Rondell Moore in that league because like, okay, I already have Murray. You know, I long missed out on Hopkins. Uh, I missed out on Marquise Brown. And I want to get a cheap stack with a ton of upside, basically, right? I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be able to maximize my points from somebody that people aren't necessarily paying for. Now, when I look at him in context of ADP, however, that's when things get a little bit interesting for me. Rondell Moore is one thirteen overall in the NFFC, which is understanding because uh, he should be able to catch a lot of passes, and as opposed to being a big play guy. But then I start looking down the list of wide receivers, MVS. You know, that's kind of uh, a wide Maybe a slight lean towards more. I like Michael Gallup maybe a little bit more than more. I think people are. I didn't put Michael Gallup on this list, I but I think, think people are playing. are going to underestimate him a little bit. Well, what's the deal with Gallup? He's, He's not. He's not even going to play at all. We still, don't, well, I don't know if he comes back before November. All right. And that's. I mean, we're looking at maybe the first six to seven weeks mm-hmm. of the season. If that's the case, it's the kind of the same comparison. Oh yeah, I guess he did have more, a January second. But- um ACL situation. So hey, maybe you get them both if you're uh if you're torn on receivers late in the draft. Get Rondell Moore for the first six six weeks and then <laughs> flip him to Gallup in the next six weeks. For what it's worth, Gallup did catch passes while running routes uh this past Thursday for the first time since tearing his ACL. Okay, now I understand the situation of Gallup here, and that makes it a little but then you get to DJ Shark, Jarvis Landry, you you definitely Rondell Moore over that. Yeah. I almost over Landry. I think he's toast. You think Landry's toast? Yeah, I almost like Landry a little bit. I I I feel like there's safety, especially in PPR formats. But I guess we're gonna wait and see. I've taken him in a couple of uh, best balls just to give me a little bit of a floor every week. But also Michael Thomas, if he's gonna come out and be that guy, that's interesting. So, um. I guess, you know, I, I don't really agree or disagree that crazy amount. I know that's not crazy for the show, but, uh, but, 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 you know, I'll tell you what, it's not someone I'm specifically targeting at the same level you are, but I do see the rationale and I do take him when the price and team context is right for me. So I guess that's affirmation if I can put it that way. Who's the, who's the next guy that you have on your list, Jake? Um, let's just talk about another Cardinal, you know, a guy I like for a lot of the same reasons that, uh, that, that you mentioned and that will probably be good early on. And that's Zach Ertz here. People, uh, are forgetting. Um, you know about Zach Ertz a little bit, and I think he is underrated on this year's tight end rankings. He's 31 years old, so some people might run that, but guess who's older than that? Travis Kelsey, first round, early second round pick. So uh, you can't really dock him for that. He basically had a career revival in Arizona last year, and I look. Uh, you know, it's not always fair to take the end of season sample size, but I look from uh, weeks 14 through 16 last year. He ran 206 routes in those five weeks, 12 and a half PPR points per week over that span. I expect the target volume to be sustainable without DeAndre Hopkins back. There's no meaningful competition on the tight end area of the depth chart for him. Air raid offense, a lot of uh, passes are going to be thrown. He's fresh. He's out of Philadelphia. He's ready to go. I think we continue to see some of that momentum. I mean, if he was able to come in and be a functional, basically tight end one in fantasy during his entirety of his time with Arizona, give him the full offseason, the full training camp, you know, working with the same quarterback in a similar system here, and uh, he should be good to go. And, you know, in terms of outperforming his ADP, on my personal ranks, I rank him higher. Uh, and this this isn't how the ADP is going right now. Personally, I would rank him higher than, let's see, I have a list here. I rank him ahead of Schultz, Dalton Schultz. I rank him ahead of Dallas Goddard. And I put him pretty much neck and neck with TJ Hawkinson. But little by little, I'm starting to convince that um, I, I'm almost ready you know, to move God, uh, Ertz over him. But it's really close. I do like Hawkinson as well this year. I think that offense will be much better. Maybe that's some of the hard, hard knocks hype blinded me a little bit of the overall squad there. But uh, 
But uh, yeah, I think he'll perform 20 spots above his ADP um, or, you know, at least a couple spots, which takes him from borderline tight end or from, from low end tight end one to productive tight end one that maybe won't be a league winner, but definitely not a league loser. Man, so that that's interesting. If you said Zach Ertz will outperform his ADP, I'm like, yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. I really have no arguments before, it, especially in a full point PPR format. What he did after the trade to the Cardinals last season was more than enough for a low end tight end one, or really middle of the pack tight end one. I think he was. Did you say that he was like tight end five or six after the trade occurred to mm-hmm. the Cardinals? I didn't have the ranking, but I, I, uh, but I guarantee if you're getting memory, if right? you're getting twelve points a week, that's definitely putting you tight end five or six range. I, I think that was more or less close. I remember seeing a graphic towards the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Although you know, don't quote me if I'm wrong on that. But if you were to say, I think Zach Hertz is going to outscore Dallas Goddard and TJ Hawkins, and I'm going to go, whoa, wait a minute here. I think Dallas Goddard is really in contention for a top five tight end spot. I love Hawkinson right now in his round seven value, and I think. Uh, before of the three short yardage Lions pass catchers, DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson, and Amon Ross St. Brown, I think it's going to be Hawkinson that emerges over all three of those. I, I don't want to fade either one of them. The reason I don't have Zach Ertz, at least on my draft or like on my uh, mentions list, is not even that I don't think he's going to exceed his ADP. My tight end strategy is just vastly different. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts just about every time I can. Mm-hmm. And the, by default, I just am not going to worry yeah. about it later. Yeah, that's that. almost not fair. If you're talking about Kyle Pitts is your 85%, you know, Ross ownership rate here, then, uh, you know, any other tight end is pretty much off your board uh, unless you do, unless you double up on the tight ends George and go to the, Kittle, that's what and I did go the Pitts and Kittle. <laughs> the Joe, uh, the hey, it worked last year. I had to go back <laughs> yep, to the well. Uh, yeah, yep. we'll, um, give, we'll give you that one for sure. All right, but, uh, but I'm basically like, okay, I'll maybe take Kelsey if he gets back to me in the second round. I did take Andrews at the two, three turn once Kyle Pitts. Yes. Third round, but uh, you know, sometimes team needs not letting me have that Kittle and Waller. I'm kind of, you know, I, I think uh, the price is maybe a little too high Schultz. I'm out. If I basically, if I get to the Schultz Hawkinson Goddard tier, I'm just waiting and getting hurts later on. That, and um, that's, that, that's how it's going so far. And I like it. I actually, um, in my, and the last best ball I did, I took Kyle Pitts at the sixth pick of the third round, and then Zach Ertz was out there in the tenth or the fifth pick of the tenth round. So I went ahead and grabbed him as my tight end two in a best ball, you know, just in case. But also, who knows? Maybe I'm taking two tight ends. So I did a little bit of you, only it was spread out a little further. Okay, that's that's fair enough. We spent a lot of time on some of these later guys. I want to make sure we we get to actually discuss some of our favorite guys will exceed their ADP. So I'll, I'll discuss mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds real quickly. Uh, middle of the pack for me in terms of this list right now. I was really hot on Chase Edmonds to begin the month, really, as we we're leading up to draft season. When I was constructing my rosters, it was a lot of wide receiver, a little bit early on, getting one of the uh, running backs in that fourth or fifth round, the Elijah Mitchells, more or less, and thinking, hey, my RB3 will be Chase Edmonds. Uh, in the Vegas draft we did, again, way at the beginning of August, he actually was my RB2 in a full-point PPR format. I still am fine with that. I will make that choice every single time. But now with the way the uh, ADPs have developed over the course of the month, I've been more or less getting Rashad Penny and Cordell Patterson as my RB3. And I like mm-hmm. those guys more. So I, I will specify. I love Penny. Rashad Penny yes, even more with, with the Walker injury. Walker yeah, big time all over Penny. I got him. Yeah, I'm getting him in every best ball I've done this week. And, and Patterson, full point PPR format every single time as well, too. Again, that's not to say I don't like Chase Edmonds, though. And I think Chase Edmonds, with this Dolphins offense, you look at the running backs they have, Raheem Mostert, Sonny Michelle. I'm not convinced Michelle is very good, and I know Mostert has those injury concerns. But they're going to take the carries away from each other. Yes, they'll take away some of Chase Edmonds's too. But I think Edmonds still does run a little bit. The most important part of this equation, he's by far their best cat- pass catcher on the backfield. They have Miles Gaskin there 
for now. Uh, but I think Gaskin is literally simply just a backup and special teams guy for the Dolphins. The red zone targets they have, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, I don't think it's the Chiefs calling those plays for those guys. So by default, it's Jasicki and who else? Chase Edmonds. I think Chase Edmonds is by far one of my favorite bets to exceed his career touchdowns. I'm not sure what DraftKings or FanDuel has for that prop bet. Someone mm-hmm. discussed next week. But if it's, let's say, four and a half, I will smash the over on those touchdowns. I love Chase Edmonds for around eight or nine, uh, running back mm-hmm. three or four. Yeah, no Edmonds yet for me personally, but um, it's not because I have anything against him. It's just because team needs or my love for Rashad Penny has taken me has taken me elsewhere this year. I do think Waddle will get in the end zone mix. You know, after that pretty much record setting rookie year, assuming a little bit of uh, progression from Tua, I think the receiver will find a way to do it. Jacecki, of course, will be in the mix as well here. Um, but yeah, I'm cool with Evans. That's a, that's not a bad pick. Uh, who's your next guy? All right. I think I mentioned him on the show before, but I have to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster because I researched this a little bit more, fleshed out this argument a little bit more. My argument was all, it always used to be kind of a gut narrative thing, right? Like, believe it or not, he's only 25 years old, guys. Well, you know, woo, uh, that, that being number one. And also, guess what? He's on a one-year deal. This is a contract year. This is the time, if you're an NFL player, to make an impression and go out and get yourself paid. You saw what Christian Kirk get, got paid. Go out and get yourself you know, a three-year, $80 million deal after this. This is his best chance to do so with Patrick Mahomes being a giant upgrade at quarterback. Even if you're buying into the Mahomes, a little bit of regression narrative. If you think NFL defenses has, have started to figure him out by making him throw underneath, you know, I know I Coventry, whose opinion I respect tremendously, uh, you know, takes that argument to not draft Mahomes this year. Even if you're buying all of that, though, he's still a giant upgrade over Big Ben in his best years here. And that's what Juju Smith had to deal with here. And uh, again, Look through the rest of that depth chart. Sky Moore's a rookie. I know some people are pretty pretty in on him, but you know, still a rookie, rookie ride receiver. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. To me, on this team, he's just more of a pure deep threat than anything. Mikol Hardman is Mikol Hardman. We don't know what we're going to get. No Tyree Kill. Kelsey's still around. He'll be a target hog. He'll get a little bit more uh, attention now. But I I did promise I fleshed out this argument a little bit more. You know, last year, he only Juju Smith-Schuster only played in a couple games. So I have to go back to 2020 and 2019 for more meaningful advanced stats. But uh, among wide receivers who caught 40 passes, Juju was top 10 in both yards after catch percentage and catch rate, which tells you he's not dropping balls and he's making things happen on his own with his skill set. I also didn't uh, I didn't quite make the outline, but I did see some graphics recently scrolling through social media. I got to do a better job keeping track of this. Citing those ones. Yeah, yeah citing those exactly. But uh, in 2019, you know, his red zone separation and his red zone catch rate was also solid here. And I don't know how many looks he's going to get with Kelsey around, but every advanced Patrick seems to like this guy. He's in the best circumstance, you know, where he has a clear path to be in a, a wide receiver one. And, you know, I've seen arguments all over the place. You know, who has the best chance to be this year's Cooper Cup? Go from a mid-round uh, guy to, uh, you know, a possible top you know five receiver, top 10 receiver, if you will. Um, and I think Juju fits that bill excellent. Since August 1st, his ADP is 55. He has came up with a little bit of a knee injury lately, so I guess we have to watch that. But I think he... Um, you know, out of all those guys, um, you know, I'm checking. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a knee injury, so we'll see where that goes here. Still have a couple of weeks to get right. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he's one of my dudes this year, and I think I'm going to go after him because, I don't know, I think people, it's too fresh in his mind. He got injured and he burned them. And No, I agree. And um, and I, I think you can buy low on that opportunity for sure. So he's a perfect candidate in the auction draft, which again we'll be doing tonight, where I would like to target a guy like Smith-Schuster 
the price tag right now, fifth or sixth round ADP, right, more or less? Yeah, it's, uh, what do I have, 55, so. Okay, so yeah, the issue is I'm drafting Elijah Mitchell, or the guy I'm just about to mention here, in the fifth round every time when I'm constructing my redraft rosters. In an auction, I can go get any player I want for whatever price I want, and I like the price tag for Smith-Schuster. There's no reason why I'm not drafting it from that perspective. It's just redraft. I have other ways in which I'm constructing my yeah. roster, which makes me unable to draft. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect scenario today where I can go ahead and get him as long as I'm not uh, getting outpriced by you too much. Or Yeah. And, and the thing is, is he doesn't really uh, break the bank necessarily. No. I feel like he'll go between 15 and $20 today. The Rotowire software for a stake league uh, uh, format here, we price him out at $17. And that's like, you know, if you want to go ahead and get, you know, someone like Justin Jefferson, you're well up over 50, maybe into $60. Uh, this helps you have a little bit more balanced attack. And I feel like it gives you the best of both worlds because it gives you a reasonably priced wide receiver to possibly, you know, as if you go for one of those one guys, you take one stud and a couple dollar players or you take three $20 players. So the three $20 players is typically the safer strategy, you know, in our stake league auction that's coming up uh, because, you know, you want to have the higher floor for your overall team to make sure you get in that top half. But on top of that, Juju could just blow up too. And he could be a league winning type of player. Uh, you know, that's where, why I took him. Uh, I paired him with Mahomes in the Rotowire Invitational. And, you know, maybe I'm regretting passing on the Herbert Williams combo over those guys instead, but I'm going to stick to my guns for now here. You know, I made my bet. I'm going to lay down in it. And, um, yeah, I think Schuster's best best of both worlds. Once again, um, it looks like he's going to return to practice this week, though, so nothing too serious with the knee injury, I hope. Uh, that's why he's one of my dudes this year, and I think he'll shatter that ADP. Yeah, one of the guys that uh, I mentioned again, Elijah Mitchell, I'm drafting in the fifth round. At this point, he's, he's risen a little bit higher than that. It's J.K. Dobbins, and I think I've been pounding the table for him quite a bit now throughout draft season. Just want to reiterate, totally in on uh, Dobbins and completely invested in his ADP, which at this point is like third or fourth round, fourth round for the most part. I understand John Harbaugh, head coach, the, the Ravens has not guaranteed Dobbins will be ready for week one, and Dobbins has done the reverse. He is guaranteed he'll be ready for practice last week, much less uh, week one of the regular season. That doesn't matter to me. I think Dobbins, even if he misses a game or two uh, as he gets fully back, is more than fine for a fourth-round selection. He's, again, a running back in an auction format where I can go get Elijah Mitchell and Dobbins. I will gladly do so. We forget, uh, we haven't seen him since his rookie year, when he averaged six yards per carry. Six yards per carry as a running back who got almost 155 touches for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is there, which will continue to make J.K. Dobbins a threat on the ground because you have to be aware aware what uh, Jackson will do. And more importantly for me, Dobbins had nine touchdowns on just 155 carries. Maybe that regression falls a little bit as Dobbins gets more touches, but I don't think it's going to be substantial. If you get like 220 overall touches between catches and carries, that's where I think Dobbins lies. And if that does happen, we're talking about a top 15, top 10 running back easily, mm-hmm. even in non-PPR formats. I think Dobbins is an incredible value in that Ravens offense, and I'm drafting him just about every time I can if, if the situation mm-hmm. works out. Yeah, I mean, just to counter this and play devil's advocate like I have, you know, I've always, the counter argument has been the Ravens backfield and Lamar Jackson and possibly two, three other running backs rotating in and vulturing some of the work that, you know, should rightfully go to Dobbins, but they split it out a little bit more. But I almost think that that argument, the more I look at it, is countered by the fact that there's really a lack of established true number one pass catchers here. Obviously, there's Mark Andrews, but, you know, we're buying Rashad Bateman as the, you know, the, the, this top guy that's going to lead this whole receiver receiving core and you know Devin Duvernay is number two who I bet you you know if you're not in the fantasy football community even some in the community probably likely it doesn't yeah yeah it doesn't know exactly what that is so yeah and we haven't we haven't met the tight end position anyway he he is he is but everyone 
So there. Okay, so we have a question on, on on the chat real quick, and it's who's your favorite preseason guys who have ex, like a performed better than you? My answer is I don't give a mm, about preseason whatsoever. It really does not change my opinion whatsoever. I care about the training camp practices. Like a, a Romeo Dobbs is looking pretty good. Uh, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It it does not matter to me. Isaiah Likely is probably going to be something that will be answered in every guys, way. Guys, learn your lesson from Marquez Callaway last year. Everybody needs to learn their lesson from Marquez Callaway. That is the most important thing. Uh, that we can do. I mean, like, uh, I know Eric Segrist, he responded to my tweet about, uh, you know, about our stake league draft, you know, planting his flag with Lance McCutcheon from the Rams, you know. Right. But, but again, right, exactly. you're being facetious there because, uh, you know, Marquez Callaway had the best circumstances ever and uh, looked outstanding in the preseason, right? And just like everyone remember him and go back to that and learn a lesson from there because I think, I think that's, that's what you really have so to do. So when I say Isaiah Lake, again, the tight end, but he was doing some pretty cool. I mean, like he's a good player. I'm not saying he's not a bad prospect whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But that's what we have to understand is that these guys are playing the preseason and being performers in the preseason for a reason. Going against second and third stringers for the most part. I'm not. I'm not convinced. So back to your original point, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. That's your one and two targets, and then after that's Deverney, Isaiah Likely. I, I don't know. It's it's it is it is a hard spot to be, and mm-hmm. it's why I love Dobbins quite a bit. And this hey, is your, possibly screen passes. Yeah. This is your is this your favorite guy then overall? We're, we're at that point of the list, right? Um. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. My, I mean, if I did my favorite guys overall, it would probably be Chubb and Juju. Oh but, man, I thought we did. I did it intentionally. Oh, right, you did at least mine will be the favorite. Jay. Okay. Fine. All right. Fine. I'll do mine. Uh, I saved this one for last because it's a little bit of a homer pull, but I think he still continues to be disrespected, and that is my man. Aaron Rodgers here and uh you know I talk about quarterbacks being able to wait and get good quarterbacks and this is the perfect example because Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVP is QB 14 in fantasy here and I think everybody's maybe overreacting just a little bit to uh Devonte Adams being gone so I went back you know 2020 or 2019 through 2021 looked at the uh seven games what do we have yeah seven games without Devonte Adams um you know he went out and averaged 27.3 fantasy points per game. Now, there were a couple of bad outliers in there. There was a 11.8 fantasy point game, also negated by a 48.1 fantasy point game. So he can absolutely uh, – so if you want to talk outliers, it can go both ways. <laughs> you know, we can play – We can play, two can play at this game. No, I'm just anticipating the argument here. But he's QB 14, 112 overall. I'm not buying it here. He's shown he can produce without Adams. He's got the best dual threat rushing attack in the league, one of which is an exceptional pass catcher in Aaron Jones. We expect he likes the tight end. We expect to get Tanyan back at some point. I'm comfortable enough with Lazard and Cobb, and we just got to get something out of Sammy Watkins or the rookies, and we'll just, and we'll be just fine. I'm still not sure about the Dobbs hype. We'll see. Uh, you know, I'll believe that when I see it. But I think there's enough there for him to throw to, find his guys that he trusts, and continue to be one of the more productive offenses. Uh, in the league and the only concern I guess with him is uh, with how good the defense is going to be this year how much better they're going to be will he need to sling it as much as he has in the past year but yeah I think uh, the way his season ended last year and the fact that they don't have uh, Adams he's being a little disrespected even so much so that he's being ranked below your guy yes my guy Derek Carr and I want to I'm going to circle back to Derek Carr I promise because I I really believe this is the best value in terms of person who's going to exceed their ADP Right now, out there. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I'm, I'm not worried about single-game sample size. I, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, I think he'll be able to outperform expectations mm-hmm. when his best receiver is gone. And yes, you can mention four years ago or three years ago what he did without Devontae Adams in 2019 over a four-game stretch. Mm-hmm. I think NFL defenses can game plan for the current pass-catching core for the Packers better because they're expecting it to change or expect it to be the same throughout the entire season. Maybe a Do- a Dobbs does well or Alan Lazard – 
outperforms the expectations. And I like Lazard. I've been drafting him everywhere. It's like I, I I get that. But we're talking about 17 games of NFL defenses being able to figure it out. I think there's mm-hmm. naturally going to be a regression point for Aaron Rodgers. I'm not I'm not drafting Aaron Rodgers as a QB one this year. I, I am one of the mm-hmm. people. Unfortunately, him. you don't have to. Yeah, you're right. But back to Derek Carr, who I who is actually as of right now, I want to go check on the NFFC. Uh, over the last week, Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers have been drafted 13 and 14 overall among QBs, literally almost the same spot at 114 overall ADP. There is 0.19 picks a, separation a, between Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers right now. Derek Carr 111.96, Aaron Rodgers 112.15. 0.19 separation. These guys are neck and neck. And guess what? You can agree with us both and not have to draft either as a QB1. <laughs> And this is why you wait on quarterbacks. Yes. And well, so I've been drafting uh, Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert in rounds three or seven because of the upside that's there. If I were to fade quarterback, Derek Carr is the biggest layup right now, I think, overall in terms of exceeding that ADP. We had 4,800 passing yards for Derek Carr last season. He attempted over 600 passes. Do I think he does that again this year, at least the passing attempts? Maybe not. But the Josh McDaniels offense is going to be having more opportunities than ever for the Raiders. I think there's a tempo pacing that was not there for John Gruden. And whereas we're doing these short, dinkier passes, McDaniels will do the same thing, but attacking defenses horizontally, which I think is really important. He has that chemistry with Devontae Adams, we think, right, because of 10 years ago at Fresno State. I'm not convinced that's the <laughs> case, but he certainly has the chemistry yeah. with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. I think the offense is going to be better because of Devontae Adams, even if Adams doesn't do what he's done with the Packers. That's Hard to actually replicate, but he will be an important piece in that offense. If Derek Carr throws for 5,000 passing yards again, which I think is totally in play, and puts up, let's say, 25 or 28 touchdown passes instead of 23 last season, this is a guy that's an easy top 10 quarterback who you can start every week. The only concern for me, only concern, is that the AFC West is a pretty hard division. There's not going to be many times where I'm going to say, yes, you must start Derek Carr this week but he will be a layup in the same way that we thought Ryan Tannehill would be layups often. I know the Titans, you know, didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't live up work to that. Out then, last right? year. So, so I had drafted Tannehill's QB2 last year, and he was cut by week four. But yeah, that's, I don't, that's, I, obviously that's, that's not going to happen here with Carr. I, I can agree with you just fine. And, hey, man, if anything, you know, we, have, we like separate guys, different reasons. It shows you that you don't need to pay premium for a quarterback. Now, again, if one of these studs gets you in the fifth round, that's a magic number, man. Fifth round for me. If one of these guys finds you, go get him, I guess. But uh, you definitely don't have to do that and load up on your other skill positions for sure. Well, I think I've successfully learned just about every one of your targets that you're going to be uh, recommending the stake league. I'll be excited mm-hmm. to go ahead and uh, have that. We're going to have articles. We have two different stake leagues. Obviously, it's 28 total teams, for two 14 teams team leagues i imagine there's gonna be an article written for both side of things you've normally done yours there will be content often. oh yes. i don't know if i did my side last year but somebody um, normally does there's gonna mm-hmm. be content with the podcast to come we'll probably recap that a little bit next week on tuesday's podcast we're also going to talk about the over-unders uh for every nfl team and a few of our favorite prop bets this is normally my favorite pre-nfl podcast that we have going on because we're almost there. We are we are almost set to be able to talk about actual regular season pickups, free agent waiver wires, which we're doing every week during the season. So uh, it's about the time, Jake. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the yep. regular season, which is great. Mm-hmm. Just a half hour, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be getting. This is my first uh, my first salary cap draft of the year, so I'm pumped. We've been talking a lot of junk, mm-hmm. uh, us, you know, our favorite tech guys across the across the wall over there. You guys, this is going to be fun, and uh, we saved you guys from having to do here here our whole draft recap here but hopefully we gave you some good targets to consider um in your drafts and your auctions here so let's rock and roll all right thanks everyone for it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com